Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My guest this hour is Harry Dimash. He is the editor of Dividend Detective and their website, DividendDetective.com. Welcome to the show, Harry. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Thanks, thanks for having me. Great to be with you. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your uh, background uh, and uh, what led you to form Dividend Detective in the first place. Well, I um, used to uh, operate a, uh, a dividend, a investing newsletter called Winning Investing, which was about uh, uh, growth stocks and finding rockets and, and things like that. And then uh, when the... Uh, when the bubble tech bubble burst around 2000, I decided I had to add uh, something more stable to our portfolio. So we added a couple um, dividend portfolios to winning investing. And I noticed uh, over the years that even though in, in the growth and momentum stocks, we always had our rockets that were pretty spectacular, the end of the year when I tabulated the results, it was always the dull, boring dividend portfolios that turned in the best numbers. So around um, a couple years later, I, I started Dividend Detective um, in addition to winning investing. It was first was a free site, and then a, a year or so later, it became a free part premium, part premium, which it is today. And then in 2008, um, I decided to discontinue the growth newsletter, Winning Investing, because it just looked like the the good days of finding growth rockets was behind us. So, um, you know, we're in the the late 1990s. You had dozens of high-growth stocks. By the time 2008, 2009 rolled around, you had maybe a handful of stocks with good growth potential. So I switched switched entirely to dividend investing starting with 2009. Very good. Who is your uh, website appropriate for uh, if they go to dividenddetective.com? Well, um, dividend investors tend to be investors who have been around the block a few times. Um, When you start out investing, you're always looking for a way to quit your day job, you know, finding that stock that's going to double or triple or increase by a factor of 10 over time. And then um, after you've done that a while, you usually come to realize that it's not going to happen that way. And so um, the people who uh, enjoy dividend investing are people who understand that what you're going to – a realistic expectation from the market is like 12 to 15% average annual return. And uh, these are the people that – 
that to drift over to dividend detectives. What is the long-term advantage of investing in dividend-paying stocks, particularly higher dividend-paying stocks compared to growth stocks? Well, um, the main advantage is that you you make money consistently. Uh, like you can look at um, um, a stock that over the last you know over the last few years the market has really done nothing. It's gone down actually. If you look at the S and P 500. But you can look at a growth stock, at a dividend stock that really the share price has done nothing, but it's, but it's maybe returned 15% average on average annually just because of its dividends. You know, if, it, if it's paying dividends, uh, if it's a high dividend stock. So it's mainly you get you get reliable income that uh, doesn't depend on the market that much. That doesn't mean that. Dividend stocks go, don't go down with the market, uh, but they tend to, to move back up when things settle down. And, and as long as you keep your eye on the on the ball, which is the dividend uh, outlook for the, for the stock. So, the advantage is that you make a, you make a, a pretty good income no matter of what's happening uh, overall, as long as you have a reasonably long term perspective, so you can ride out market downdrafts. Tell us a little bit about the power of compounding of dividends. If you take the dividends and compound them and reinvest them back, and you get that compounding effect. Well, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but but as obviously, if you if you get uh, uh, dollars worth of dividends from a ten dollars stock, um, and you reinvest them after a year, you've got eleven dollars invested in them, and then after two years, you've got twelve dollars and twenty cents, and so on. So. Um, I don't um, have the numbers for the powers of compounding, but it's quite substantial, and, and that's the way a lot of people. Uh, in fact, I recommend that people reinvest their dividends, and and uh, many stockbrokers now have an automatic dividend reinvestment program, so you can do that easily. So you think that's a good idea to, if you don't need the cash, to reinvest the dividends? I think that's an excellent idea uh, to reinvest the dividends, uh, and uh, that's what we do. Now, you have on your uh, website, again, your website is dividenddetective.com, uh, how to research a dividend stock. I just want to briefly go through some of the things that you look for in a dividend stock. The first one is the summary of the business. What are you looking for in the business to know that it's going to be a good dividend stock? Well, um, dividend stocks tend to be um, in stable businesses. They're not... Um, you know they're not uh, starting out as young companies or anything. They usually have established positions in their industry, and um, you're not looking for a stock that's got the uh, you know some hot new product that's going to take market share away from Cisco Systems or something. You you have well relatively established uh, companies, and so. What you're most concerned about when you when you look at a, a dividend stock is is first of all well there are three things uh, one is the its ability to pay dividends does it have the cash and so on and its uh, second is its desire to pay dividends so plenty of companies make a lot of cash but they don't pay dividends you know and so that's the second part and the third part is the industry that it's in. Um, Dividend investing requires understanding the outlook for a company's particular sector. Uh, for instance, in 2008, 
you would have had to understand that the outlook for banks and other financial institutions was not good. And you can um, and, and now you can look at, at things like well, healthcare. The out, outlook for the healthcare industry um, is good, so so that works. Or you can pick other industries that are working, uh, but but dividend stocks tend to move together um you all in any industry you always have some stocks that do better than others but usually stocks in the same market and in terms of dividend stocks tend to move uh together so you have to understand the outlook for for whatever industry it's in and then you show the one year daily price chart uh, what are you looking for the dividend stock when you look at its price chart well, what we want is a stock uh, where the right-hand side is not lower than the left-hand side. In other words, um, you want a stock that's been either consolidating or hopefully moving up. It's it's um, it's not um, it's not like you have to catch a stock on a super uptrend, but you want to make sure the stock is not moving down, and you would like it to be above its 200-day moving average. Uh, that's kind of the uh, the way people determine whether a stock is in its uptrend or downtrend is on is based on it, comparing it to some moving average, which is the average of a stock price over the last period and whatever period of time you're measuring. And growth investors tend to look at shorter term um, time frames like 50-day moving averages. But for for um, dividend stocks, a 200-day uh, gives you a good view of, of what um, you know what it's doing and you want stocks that are not trading below their, their moving averages. So you don't want something that's generally moving up basically, yes. Yes. And then you you talk about the profile of a company. Uh what are you looking for in the profile of a dividend stock you might be interested in? What do you mean by profile? I'm, I'm well you you talk about uh the you have a profile of the individual company when you're researching it. Um Kind of the business summary that it has. Uh, oh, what, well, what we look for um, we look for stocks that um, that are in a business that that has a, a, a positive outlook to it. You know, as I mentioned um, uh, before, that the the company the outlook for its industry has to be has to be positive. In other words, you wouldn't have wanted to buy a home builder or something like that. So it's it's a just the common sense. You have to read the newspapers and keep what's going, know what's going on uh, with it, and um, what the outlook is for for that company. So, and then you talk about earnings estimates uh, uh, that you want to see that the earnings are rising, uh, even though dividends are paid from cash flow. Um, you only want to buy stocks where you think the earnings are going to be rising. Is that right? Yeah, because usually um, it's hard to find uh, earnings, uh, cash flow estimates. It's true, you know, that that the dividends come from cash flow, but the um, uh, you can't find estimates on cash flow on most websites, but you can find earnings for, forecasts, and so you can assume that if a company's earnings grow, its cash flow will grow too. So yeah, we look for stocks. Um, that have some forecast earnings growth for next year versus this year. And what we want to do is we want to avoid stocks that are going the other way. In other words, you don't want stocks where next year's earnings 
are uh, expected to be below this year's earnings. So, so that's the, the sort of a common sense thing. You know, uh, you want stocks whose, whose earnings are growing. Although, for dividend stocks, you don't need the kind of growth you would need if you were a growth investor. You know, growth investors like to see 20% year-over-year earnings growth, and and a um, dividend investor should be satisfied with five to 10%. And then you talk about uh, what dividends, uh, the, the, the risk of dividends. Do you want to buy only stocks that have dividends that are rising, or is it okay if the dividends are uh, the same? Well, normally uh, when you buy dividend stocks, the holy grail is, is to find stocks that are growing their dividends. If, if a stock grows its dividends, you win two ways. First of all, you get a higher return on your initial investment, and also the um, the dividend increase usually moves the share price up. So that's the best thing. However, there okay. are some stocks that pay high, already paying high dividend yields, like 10, 15, 18% dividend yields, which is a dividend yield is just sort of like the interest you get on a bank account. And so if it's already high, um, I think you, you can be satisfied that it just doesn't go down. Okay. We're going to take a break. Very good. Uh, my guest uh, in the Money Answer Show is Harry Damash. Uh, his website is DividendDetective.com. As you can see, he's a real expert on earning dividends. And we'll have more after this. We'll be back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Harry Damash. He is the editor of Dividend Detective, which is a uh, website you can find out more about at DividendDetective.com. Welcome back to the show, Harry. Thank you. 
We were talking about the different ways to research uh, dividend stocks mm -hmm. uh, and what the risks to dividends are. One of the things you said people should look for is the percentage of the dividends of their operating cash flow. Explain how that works. Yeah, operating cash flow is measures how much cash flowed into out of, or out of a company's bank accounts from its operations. And um, while earnings are uh, the number that you hear about when a company does its um, releases its uh, quarterly report, the earnings are are due uh, are re reflect um, all sorts of non-cash uh, charges and, and assumptions and things that don't really reflect how the company is really doing on a cash basis. So you have to look at operating cash flow, which is shown on cash flow statements you, know, you can see on, on most financial websites. And you have to uh, see how the dividend that they're paying compares to the operating cash flow, if, which is the cash that's available. So if the dividends are exceeding the cash flow, that means the company is digging into its assets to to pay its its dividends. On the other hand, if if the dividends are a small percentage of the cash flow, that means the company is in good shape to pay and increase its dividends. So that's really the bottom line uh, for dividends: is you have to understand how much of the company's of, of cash is actually going being paid out to dividends. Would you never buy a stock? With a dividend as high as their cash flow? Uh, never if it's, if it's as high as the cash flow. Now, some different types of stocks pay out almost all their cash flow in, in dividends. It depends. You know, if you're a pipeline operator or something like that, where you have a very defined amount of cash that flows all the time, then they tend to pay out very high percentages, but you never want to get to 100 because that would... Uh, that would be very dangerous. You also uh, say people should look at different financial strength ratios in looking at dividend stocks. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is the current ratio. What is that, and what people should look for? What should people look for there? Current ratio is how much uh, cash and current assets a company has compared to its current debts. In other words, uh, cash and inventories and accounts receivables you would like to be greater than what the company owes. That's the sort of common sense. You want the company to have more than it owes. So you want to make sure that um, a company has a current ratio of at least one, you know, greater than one, which indicates that the, the debt and assets are equal. You never want to buy a company whose current ratio is below one because that means it owes more than it's got, which is not a good thing. And you show these numbers on the Dividend Detective website, right? We show them on the research uh, stock. Uh, we have a research stock facility uh, that's in the premium part of Dividend Detective where people can look this up for any, any common stock. And then you also say to look for the quick ratio. What is that and how should people judge that? Well, uh, seasoned investors realize that Companies are not going to always be able to convert their inventories and accounts receivables to cash, um, which the current ratio assumed. So the quick ratio is similar to the current ratio, except it doesn't count 
uh, inventories when it computes the assets. So, so it means that it's a more conservative measure, and ideally, you would want to the quick ratio to be at least one also for stocks, dividend stocks that you're looking at. And then you talk about looking at long-term debt-to-equity ratios. What should people look for there? Okay, long-term debt-to-equity is compares uh, the company's debts, long-term, not short-term, but long-term debts, to the book value. In other words, assets minus liabilities. That's shareholders' equity. Um, lower is better in terms of debt, whether long-term or short-term. Lower is always better, but dividend-paying stocks typically are, are established companies that do have some debt. But uh, what you want in terms of, of long-term debt to equity, if you're comparing two companies in the same industry, lower is better. And then you talk about interest coverage. This is really for more for bonds. Uh, what should people look for in the amount of interest coverage in a company? Well, um, basically, you want uh, the interest coverage ratio compares the earnings, um, actually the earnings before deducting interest and taxes. In other words, EBITDA, it's called, to the interest, interest payments. And a lot of um, uh, companies uh, just look at that. They want the earnings to be at least triple um, its, in, its interest um, payments because that, that gives you a measure of how the company uh, can service its debt. So even though a company um, may have a relatively low debt, it still may not be generating enough earnings to, to service a debt. So the coverage ratio just tells you um, how the company rates in that, in that, uh, by that measure. And, and you want hot ratios of four or higher. Uh, that's the best bet there. And the final thing you say to look for is the dividend payout ratio which is how much of their earnings they're paying out in dividends. What should people look for there? Well, the dividend payout ratio is something that I really um, don't think is useful for, um, for dividend because uh, the dividend payout ratio compares net income to, uh, to the dividend. Divid actually, it's the ratio of dividends to net income. But there's so many uh, non-cash accounting entries that go into um, the earnings that it's, I don't think it's useful. For, you know, for instance, let's say you bought a, a office building, uh, and the building cost you $20 million. And you're supposed to depreciate the value of that building over 20 years. So from an income point of view, you would be... Um, losing, or you would be deducting at a million dollars a year from your income, but in reality, the office building is probably going up in value. It's not depreciating, so that the the cash flow, operating cash flow, compared to dividends, is a lot more significant than the dividend payout ratio, which I really don't think means much for for dividend stocks. Okay, so those are the things you should look for in, in looking at dividends. Now, you have on Dividend Detective a lot of different categories of high-yielding stocks, and I'm going to go through different ones, and maybe you can tell us what to look for in these specific areas okay. and how you pick the stocks that you like. The first one would be preferred stocks. Maybe just start off with what is a preferred stock, and then how do you pick 
uh, preferred stocks on on your list of uh, preferred 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 preferreds, you might say. Well, my uh, preferred stocks are actually one of my favorite categories, and they're not uh, really stocks in the way they're more like bonds than stocks. In that um, preferred companies issue preferred stocks to raise money, and they usually sell the shares at twenty-five dollars. Although it could be sold at any price. And basically, if you pay $25 for that preferred and the company becomes the next Google or something and grows fantastically, you're not, your preferred stock is not going to go much over 26 So you don't gain from the company growing or anything like that. Preferred stocks, people buy them for the steady interest uh, uh, that they get. Usually you can get, these days, you can get 6 or 7% interest and there's not a lot of risk as long as you do a good job of picking the company so so um, in terms of, of what you're worried about when you pick a preferred stock is can the company um, pay the dividends you know if you run into a company like in 2008 we were running into companies of like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that the government took over and and the first thing they did was stop paying the dividends because those companies were obviously they were bankrupt so you have to make sure that you've got a strong company that issued the stock that's going to continue paying the dividends uh, so that's priority number one and uh, you don't have to um, don your green eye shades and, and become a, a, an accountant or anything to figure that out. If you look at the common stock of the company that issued the preferred, you're going to find that if the stock is trading at $50 a share, it's a strong company and no one's worrying about it going out of business. So if the stock is common stock is trading at $5 a share, then that tells you the market thinks something's wrong with that that issuing company. So if you're picking preferred stocks, only buy stocks from companies that are um, where the common stock is trading for at least $15 a share, unless you want to do down your green eye shades and actually go through their balance sheets to make sure that they're going to continue paying those dividends. What are some of the industries that uh, the preferred stocks you tend to like tend to be in? Well, um, preferred stocks are in all industries, but but um, real estate investment trusts issue a lot of preferred stocks, and real real estate investment trusts um, took a hit in 2008. The common stocks did. They people thought they were going to go out of business, wouldn't be able to raise money, and stuff like that. So, a lot of the um, uh, preferred sunk in price. Say they were issued at 25, maybe they sunk down to 15 or something, which is very unusual for preferreds because people were unsure about the outlook for those companies. And now that that, that all, they all look strong, there's still a lot of them are trading around $20 or $22 or $23 a share instead of the 25 that they were issued at. So they're paying higher yields than you would than you would get from other companies. So I, I, I think that um, real estate investment trusts are a good sector to be in now. There's a lot of um, banks issue preferreds, and um, and as long as you uh, are, don't think banks are going out of business, which I, I happen to, 
I don't think they are. Um, that you can you can find a lot of preferred addition by banks. They're paying good yields now. Um, there's a lot of insurance companies um, issue preferreds, and and those are pretty steady, uh, solid companies. So. Um, I would say real estate investment trusts and banks and insurance companies are sort of the biggest uh, provider preferreds right now. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. Uh, My guest this hour is Harry Domash. He is the editor of the Dividend Detective newsletter. Uh, His website is dividenddetective.com. And we'll be back after this. markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. When you are trying to establish your financial plan, there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration, from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs. How do you manage all of it to find a plan that will work for you? Tune in to The Insightful Investor with Bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Harry Damash. He is the president of The Dividend Detective and editor of the DividendDetective.com website. Welcome back to the show, Harry. Thanks, Jordan. And another category that you talk about is exchange-traded funds, or ETFs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of ETFs offer a solid uh, dividend, and what, what kind of yields can people expect from ETFs? Well, we have in our portfolio, we have an ETF monthly income um, portfolio, which we, a lot of them are subscribers like monthly dividends, and so we put together a portfolio of of ETFs, the one is a high yield corporate 
bond uh, portfolio that's uh, high yield is another word for junk bonds, um, but they're not necessarily uh, risky, as risky as the name sounds these days. Um, there are plenty of uh, corporations, uh, even though this week they might be having a tough time raising money, generally corporations uh, less investment grade uh, can raise money pretty easily. So uh, there's not a lot of risk in this area right now, and we're paying around – the one we uh, we have is paying around 7.7% dividend yield. We have an investment grade uh, corporate bond ETF that's paying about uh, 4.5% yield. We have an emerging markets ETF that's paying 4.9% um, yield. We have a, a, a preferred stock of ETF. That's paying over seven seven point three percent, and we have a total bond market that's paying three point three percent. That is that's aimed to be a replacement for your for your um, savings account. It's a very conservative uh, fund that that pays uh, that isn't very volatile, but doesn't pay a huge yield. And we we also just added a section of feature to a, to our free site, free part of Dividend Detective, that lists all the dividend-paying ETFs there are, whether they pay monthly or whatever, and it lists them in order of dividend yield. And so the top-paying uh, ETF right now is the Guggenheim um, Shipping ETF, its ticker is SEA, and it's paying 15.9% yield. Now, this is just a list I have to hasten to add. I can't guarantee that they're going to keep paying that or anything like that, but this is the uh, what they're paying. And then there's another one. The number two one is the iShares FTSE NARREACH Mortgage Plus Capped Index Fund, REM, is paying 11% Um Dividend yield, so you can get um, you can get quite a few. I, I'm seeing about uh, six or seven are paying eight percent or higher yields right now, which which are ETFs. And ETFs, by their um, nature, are are because they're so diversified, they're more uh, safer than buying individual stocks. But that doesn't mean that the whole industry won't tank or something. But they're but you can yeah, they're they're better um, more diversified than if you do your own stock picking. Very good. Another category that you uh, like is closed end funds. Why don't you briefly describe the advantages and disadvantages of closed end funds and how you pick the ones that you like with high yields? Well, let me explain what a closed end fund is. First of all, it's like a regular mutual fund in that it has a manager and owns a lot of different securities. Uh, but a regular mutual fund. Uh, just if you want to buy uh, shares in a in a mutual fund, you just uh, uh, give them the money and they create new shares for you. So, oh, a closed end fund just has an IPO. They issue shares at the IPO, and then if you want to buy shares after that, you have to buy them from another investor, another holder. So, closed end fund shares. Um, don't uh, trade necessarily at their net asset value. They might trade above or below it, where mutual funds always trade at their net asset value. Now, why why is this important? Um, you have to think about how a mutual funds investors like us react to market conditions. Okay, in a in a market like this, uh, where it's going down, essentially many investors say. 
I'm out of here, and they sell their mutual funds when the market's near its low. So that means that um, that the close the uh, mutual fund manager, regular mutual fund manager, has got to sell his holdings so he can redeem the shares. Now, if the market a month from now takes off and starts hitting new highs, these people will be back into the market and they'll be buying the funds. So that means they're putting more money in, and that uh, so the mutual fund manager has to invest the money they put in when the market's high. So because of investor psychology, regular mutual funds have to buy high and sell low. Closed-end funds don't have that uh, that situation. Closed-end fund managers have a fixed amount of money to invest, so that so they don't. And they're not whipsawed by the actions of, of, of investors moving in and out of, out of the fund. So um, I think closed-end funds are uh, much preferred to regular mutual funds. And a lot of them, uh, because of the stability of the money they have to invest, are in, in pay high dividend yields. So uh, Roughly what kind of yields can you expect from closed-end funds that you recommend? Well, we're looking at at uh, the lowest I see in my list here is like 5.6%, and the highest is 11.2%. So we're talking about, you know, uh, high as 6 to 10%, say, yields are common in the, uh, in, in the closed-end fund arena. And would you recommend normally buying them if they're selling at a discount to NAV? Okay, some funds, uh, because the funds trade on the open market, they don't trade, they, they usually trade at a premium or a discount or net asset value or NAV. And um, a lot of people feel it's better if you buy them at a discount, and it is better if you're buying a, a, a dividend. Um, um, say, say a company owns a lot of bonds, okay, and you're, buying it at a 10% discount to its um, net asset value, that means you're getting the income from those bonds at, 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 at say, you're getting $100 worth of bonds for $90. So it's good if you can buy at a, at a discount to its NAV because that generally results in better better income stream to you. Some funds... Uh, to always trade at discounts and some trade funds always trade at premiums so in terms of the share price not necessarily uh, it's not necessarily true that that you'll be best off buying at a discount but in terms of return on your money you usually are better off very good so there's a lot of good closed end funds why don't you just give us one example of a closed end fund you would like well i really like the aberdeen chili fund um its ticker is CH, and it's a fund that buys growth price Chilean stocks. Now, right now, South America, all emerging com- countries are kind of in a funk in terms of share price, uh, but this, uh, but that's not going to be the case. They're, the economies in South American countries are growing faster than the U.S. economy, and um, the Aberdeen Chile Fund is the only way you can invest in Latin America and countries in a in a high dividend way it's paying a 10.5 percent yield and it's had a tremendous record of raising its dividends it's raised them several times this year already it's I mean, it's my favorite uh, cause and fund right now excellent you also have a category in dividend detective which you call the dividend speculators 
Uh, what do you mean by that, and how do you pick uh, the, the dividend speculators? Dividend speculators are, are stocks that don't pass our usual criteria um, for safe dividend stocks. So they are speculators uh, in that they don't have the track record um, or the coverage of, uh, of cash flow or some for some reason they're not uh, they don't qualify for a regular portfolio so we put them in the in the um, in the speculators um, but usually we don't they're not that speculative because they are dividend stocks so but but uh, they're less less qualified they don't qualify for other portfolios that's the bottom line what would be an example of us would like well, one that's done really well lately is, is called uh, Collector's Universe. It's C- CLCT is a ticker. It's paying about an 8.4% yield. And they provide um, grading services and authentication services for coin collectors primarily, also for other collectors of trading cards and autographs and things like that. But but all they do is provide a service um, um for these kind of people, and it it was we've had it in our uh, portfolio for a couple of years now, I think, and it's um, it, they had gone astray a few years ago and gotten into businesses they shouldn't have, and they had this suspender dividend and stuff. But then they they got back on the right track, and they and so um, their things are going very well for them now, and they're they're growing, you know, giving good payouts. Another one, a really more real speculative one that we have in there is called Safe Bulkers. Ticker symbol is SB. And they own a fleet of dry bulk ships. Now, if you follow a dry bulk ships that transport coal, grains, and iron ore, things like that, if, if you follow the market, you'll know that the dry bulk industry, shipping industry, is in the tank, in the dumps right now. Uh, because there's too many ships compared to the amount of stuff that needs to be carried. But uh, Dry Bulk of Safe Bulkers is a company that owns a lot of really newer ships, and it's got a lot of cash. It's it's um, kind of in a position where it can buy other other ships from companies that are not doing as well, and its dividend is well covered. It's paying an 8.4% yield. So um, it's speculative because the industry is doing so terrible right now, but, but we think that its dividend is well covered, and it's, it's kind of sooner or later the, the dry bulk industry, will, shipping industry, will come back, and, and it'll be the, the leader there. Terrific. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Harry Damash. He's the editor of the Dividend Detective newsletter at DividendDetective.com. We'll be back after this. Markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Intense and intelligent. Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, keeps you informed of the ideological, theological, and economic war being waged against the United States of America. Kevin Lehman's bold and brilliant style challenges your deepest held beliefs and provokes you to ask the hard questions, religious, scientific, political, or financial. Kevin is holding the establishment's feet to the fire with high-profile guests that include politicians, economists, theologians, and business titans. He'll demand truth over tradition and facts over fiction. Full of passion, wisdom, and wit, Kevin's transparent and no-nonsense style make Catch Kevin unscripted and uncensored. The go-to show for real insight on business, politics, social issues, and breaking news. It's time to get real, America. It's time to tackle the tough issues head on. Tune in to Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Harry Dimash. He is the editor of the Dividend Detective newsletter at DividendDetective.com. Welcome back to the show, Harry. Thanks. You have some categories called uh, uh, top-yielding aristocrats and hotshots. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us what's on those lists and, and uh, how you'd pick uh, high-dividend stocks from those lists. Well, um, that the new dividend aristocrats are compiled by S&P, and, and their members of the S&P 500 index have increased their dividends every year for at least 25 consecutive years. So, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, dividend growth is really what it's all about in terms of dividend investing. So, uh, these are these are primary good candidates in the dividend. Um, the dividend aristocrats index has really outperformed the world market for quite a while. And so what I list is I list the top dividend yielding members of the dividend S&P's dividend aristocrats list. I require at least 2.4% dividend yields to list it. And so um, we have about, I don't know, 25 or 30 stocks listed that, that meet that criteria. What would be one of your favorite aristocrats? Well, the top yielding dividend aristocrat is one of the stocks we've been recommending for a long time. It's a regional telephone company called CenturyLink. Its ticker is CTL. It's paying about a 7% dividend, oh, a little over 7% dividend yield now. And it's, uh, so it, it's my top one in, in, because I've researched that stock and, and I think it's got a good future. Another one that I like is, um, 
Leggett and Platt on there. It's only playing 4.3%, but it's a company that makes, it's a ticker symbol is LEG, and it makes things like bed springs and furniture parts and things like that. And it's an industry that was hit hard in 2008 and 2009, but it's coming back. And it's a company that got religion um, in terms of dividends a year or two ago and decided to forego high growth and instead focus on paying um, paying dividends. So that's right. That's, you know, and then what are the uh, dividend hotshots? Dividend hotshots is a similar concept, except we, it uses our, we have a proprietary formula for picking um, high-yielding uh, dividend stocks uh, that we think are going to increase their dividend over the next year or so. And so we have, whereas the dividend um, aristocrats are, are, you know, four or five percent yields. We have a lot of six or seven percent dividend payers um, in the dividend hot shots. So we expect to to outperform the, the um, market, and uh, we have we also include a risk rating for each one that gives you our assessment of how risky the um, the stock is. So you can you. Have your you can choose your dividend yield and your risk that you want, and and kind of pick and choose, up, build a portfolio, of, from the high dividend stocks that we think are going to to do well over the next year or so. What would be one example of a hot shot stock that you like in that category? Um, well, let me look. Um, I think that um, Amerigas Partners. Uh, and ticker symbol is APU. They're a master limited partnership um, that pays uh, that uh, uh, sells propane gas. Um, that's the main business, and they're 6.9% dividend yield. Expect a little. Expect about a uh, um, 5% dividend increase over the next year or so. So that's very good. Another category that you have in Dividend Detective is uh, foreign stocks trading as ADRs. What are some of the things you look for in uh, foreign stocks, and what kind of yields could people expect there? Well, you talk, foreign stocks are trading on U.S. exchanges as ADRs. Um, we just um, basically list all foreign stocks that are trading as ADRs, but we don't uh, analyze them or give uh, any advice on them. We're just uh, listing them by country and, and such. And I have to say that uh, foreign stocks are difficult for in, for investors or newsletter producers, editors like me, because a lot of them don't produce uh, the same kind of reports that you get from U.S.-based stocks, and, and a lot of them don't pay dividends uh, quarterly. Most of our stocks, we, we require monthly or quarterly dividends, and a lot of foreign stocks only pay annual or semi-annual. So think about it. If you own a stock for a year and then you find out they cut their dividend, that's no fun. So... Uh, we don't. We list the uh, the ADRs as a service, but we don't do anything uh, in terms of recommending them unless they appear in our other uh, research portfolios, which we have a few foreign stocks in those. Like the Safe Bulkers was a foreign stock, and 
and we have a Canadian bank that we recommend in our bank portfolio. The Canadian banks are, Canada has not been hit nearly as hard as the U.S. In fact, they weren't hit at all by the, all that happened in 2008 and 2009, so that, that's a good place. In general, you like Canadian stocks. You have a whole section we do. on Canadian energy exploration and production stocks. Why do you like those? Well, Canada in general is, uh, business is better there. The economy is better than here. And also, uh, Canadian stocks, um, there's a category of them. They used to be Canadian Royalty Trusts that were very popular a few years ago. What they do is they own oil and natural gas resources that are in the ground, and they're just uh, producers. Um, a couple of years ago, the Canadian government changed their, took away their privileged tax status so that they they have to pay income taxes where before when they were royalty trusts they didn't um but they still are companies that are producing uh, oil and natural gas and if you buy them uh, first of all you have to uh have a feeling you have to believe that the price of crude oil is going to go up uh which I do because the usage of it despite the slowdown in the economy there's only more and more people going to be using driving cars over the next um, few years, and there's a fixed amount of crude oil available. So I look for companies, uh, um, in producers in Canada, that are primarily uh, crude oil producers because uh, as, while they all look for crude oil, prices is strong in my view. The outlook for natural gas prices is not strong because um, they found new ways of, of mining, of getting natural gas out of the ground, and right now there's, there's a surplus of natural gas. So, so I recommend, I have a list of four uh, Canadian oil, produce, uh, oil natural gas producers that produce primarily oil. And, uh, Why don't you give names of one of them that you would like particularly? Well, Baytex Energy has been the... the uh, Best performer over time of all of them. This ticker, it's listed actually on the U.S. exchanges as BTE, and um, it's paying around a 5.2 percent dividend yield now, and it's growing. Uh, it's growing its dividends. We expect it to grow about 15 percent annually. So it's uh, it's my Very favorite. Good. In about a minute or so we have left, why don't you just kind of briefly sum up why people should uh, go to Dividend Detective and invest in dividend stocks? Well, I think that um, it's kind of wrapping up what I said at the beginning is that you can, if you pick the right stocks, you can get an income of 5 to 15% or so annually, depending on which stocks you pick, plus you have some appreciation potential as well. So, so if the market goes up, your stocks will go up, but the market... If the market just stays the same, you'll still be making your income. So it's it's for people who they, dividend stocks don't give you something or much to talk about in the locker room, you know, but they do give you that steady income that I think uh, people should, you know, for certain people is very important. Terrific. Thanks so much. My guest this hour in the Money Answer Show has been Harry Dimash. He is the editor of the Dividend Detective newsletter. His website is dividenddetective.com. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer Show, Harry. Oh, thanks for having me, Jordan. And we'll be back again with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. What do you think of the price of gas these days? I can't take this! 